In Washington, I'm Tommy McFly. And I'm Kelly Collis. Over the next 30-some minutes, we'll take a deep dive into the... No, 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 no. (laughs) That's not what we do. On the Tommy and Kelly Show, you can expect all things real fun DC. Anything that has to do with DC, like Jose Andreas, the pandas, the monuments. And of course, we live in the District of Champions with our winning Nats, Caps, and Mystics. Kelly gets a little carried away on the sports stuff sometimes. That's true. For the last decade, we've been having a conversation about life in the nation's capital. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Well, hey, and welcome on in. It is Wednesday, May 19th, and we've got about six real fun DC stories that you might find interesting. At least we did. I'm Tommy McFly. I'm Kelly Collis, and we're going to be talking about how the intersection of the Washington Capitals and a panda come to play, literally. And I had an observation about the cicadas that are starting to come out yesterday when I went for my walk of the struggle is real for these poor little creatures. <laughs> Nobody puts it on them. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to make things so bad for us. I think it's important we look at things from their perspective, Kelly. I'm glad you have that that empathy and that view you're going to share with us this morning. Also, the National Memorial of Women's Suffragists uh, opens up in Northern Virginia. We'll check into that. And D.C. chefs fighting AAPI hate are taking their battle national with a very special dinner happening later on this week. So where do you want to get started, Kel? Let's talk about the cicada tsunami that's coming. For sure. Everyone's talking about with the warmer weather, it's now time for them to come out. And the for sure, like you've seen on social media, they are everywhere. People are posting them. We get it. The cicadas are coming. We've known that they've been coming. There's no surprise. But yesterday I walked around my neighborhood and remember that these cicadas have been under the ground for 17 years and their main goal in life is to mate. They have a very short life. So they have to get up from the ground, shed their shell, crawl to a tree, climb up the tree, wait for their hard exoskeleton to harden so then they can then start chirping and then get a mate and then die. That is their circle of life. <laughs> nah, <laughs> But as I was walking through this, like, so we, in our little yard, we have hundreds of them. They have to come up from our yard, cross over the sidewalk, and go up this tree. But in order for that to happen, one, they have to not get stepped on by me or a dog or eaten by a bird, stepped on by a squirrel. Mosquito squad came through our neighborhood yesterday. I'm sure that wasn't pretty for a lot of them that were oh, just man. coming out. It's like a slaughter. <laughs> right? And then they have to get up the tree and, again, have the same peril. Are they going to get hit by a bird or a squirrel or a cat? I mean... You know, there, there, there's a lot of work for these guys to get a mate. For them to, like, hit the goal. Like, it really, yeah, it takes a lot. And then my um, husband um, likes to keep a very tidy yard. He loves his leaf blower. He uses it all year long. <laughs> Tried to get some of them off the tree because we were having people over. and We didn't want them flying into our food because our balcony, is, our deck is, like, the same level as the tree. And these little guys, I mean, talk about Darwinism. They have, like, suction cups to the tree. Like, they... When rain, they are not coming down from the tree once they're on the tree. He hit them with the leaf blower and they still didn't fly away no. or fall off or anything. Nope. Nope. So they, I mean, these guys wow. are, and also I think they're very like kind of sweet in nature. Like they don't bite. They don't, they're not out to harm anything. They just, they're just trying to live their best life. Yeah. And you know, here they are. They're like, we're just <laughs> hanging out. How's but I guess everybody the- been? what do we miss? And the chirping hasn't started yet, so that while they've come from the ground, they haven't started to make that loud, loud sound. I feel like your view is going to change probably a little bit once the chirping starts. 
Yeah, I'm a very light sleeper. I am concerned about that. You're not happy about the birds that chirp. So therefore, the cicadas that chirp by the billions, I think you're going to like, I, I appreciate your introspection and you being like, look at this, like they're just trying to make it. And But when, once they start getting audible, I think your <laughs> your tone's going to change. Have you seen any downtown? I know there, there's less down in your concrete jungle there. Yeah, living um, in Mount Vernon Triangle, there's not many cicadas because nothing that's here now was there 17 years ago and nothing that's there 17 years ago is here now. So I feel like... It's not really going that great. There was one parking lot. There's a parking lot by, on my street, but now that's becoming like a construction zone. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. No, no cicadas for you. No, but I will tell you, um, not as many as cicadas, but as all the construction happened down here, we had the rising of the rats. So we have also experienced <laughs> our neighbors and, and friends um, get a little shaken up in their habitat. So keep your cicadas in Upper Northwest. You have <laughs> okay, fair enough. If you're making a trip out uh, to Northern Virginia to Lorton, the former Lorton prison, which is now a mixed-use development, which is interesting in its own right, Liberty Lorton, they are unveiling the National Suffragist Memorial. It's called Turning Point, and they've been fundraising for this for a long time. And it's key because the former prison, the historic prison, is where a lot of the suffragettes were imprisoned for trying to get the right to vote, trying to pass the 19th Amendment, and now there's an actual national memorial. We will be telling the entire uh, seven-decade story of the suffrage movement. Um, it's very exciting. We will have 19 stations, 19th Amendment, that will uh, show uh, through graphics and narrative the entire story. That's really cool. Yeah. And I was also, trying to I was trying to get the connection to the prison, but now now I get it. Yeah, so a lot of them who were protesting in front of the White House were shipped off to that prison um, where they were held. That's crazy. And also, um, they got a hold of a piece of the original White House fence from the nineteen from nineteen seventeen that the women were photographed in front of, and so that fence is worked into um, the memorial, so you can actually see that that space. Um, and it was loaned from the National Park Service, I believe, to Nova Parks. I get a little bit confused when we try to figure out, you know, who owns what piece of fence. But Aaron <laughs> Lorton, um, and it was a 14-year project for them to make this whole thing happen. Wow, that's really cool. We'll have to check that out. Um, you know, I love a good wine story. And Tommy, you put this in, in our plan today. And I was like, ooh. Uh, so I guess there's a, I mean, the stories about space and what's going on in space are sort of endless these days, right? Mm -hmm. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the bottle of wine that had been aging up in space to see how it ages versus being on, on Earth. And apparently it's very different. Um, but now there's another study about whether or not you can um, make wine in space and what that might mean. Yeah, so this, uh, someone actually submitted this as a potential experiment, and they were like, yeah, sounds great. So um, Lottie Michael, Lottie's Michael David Winery sent grape juice in an unmanned vehicle um, to the International Space Station back in February, and they're trying to figure out whether or not it's something that they can um, do is to turn grapes into wine in outer space. Can you imagine like you're at a restaurant? I mean, it, this might happen in our lifetime, right? Where they're like, okay, you can have this Bordeaux that was aged in oak barrels for a couple years on earth, or you can have this wine that, you know, aged really well up in space and was made in space. And it's got a, you know, a peppery flavor. I mean, I don't know. From the, from the moon rock. It's where you get the real <laughs> minerality of moon rock in there. So cool. Yeah. Um, although could you imagine like that, that experiment, right? Like you're at the international space station. You're just like, 
floating around. And it's like, oh, hey, I'm trying to see if we can like grow vegetables to like live on other planet. Or, hey, we're seeing what zero gravity does to this possible like cancer cure. And they're like, hey, Lenny, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm trying to make wine over here. <laughs> Sounds like a good job for me. <laughs> right. I mean, absolutely everyone's favorite astronaut on the International <laughs> Space Station, because the person who's behind that research cannot be a square. They've got to be super fun. <laughs> I love it. One DC collaboration we thought we'd never see, but we've always probably needed is the panda at the National Zoo and the caps. So on Saturday, the Washington Capitals announced that they have um, collaborated with the Smithsonian National Zoo to help, you know, raise money for the pandas and the animals and all the things. And they released this panda hockey gear. And it hit my inbox on Saturday after like a glass or two of wine from uh, dinner. And I was like, yeah. I'm in on that. I would like to, I would like that, please. Thank you. So um, I'm looking for the the link to show you, Kelly, the hats. Um, it's got like cross hockey sticks and a panda head. So that's what I got. And I'm very excited about that. Isn't it meant for children or is it grown ass adults like you? Well, I certainly hope it's meant for grown ass <laughs> adults like me because I got a big noggin and I'm not putting this thing into a kid's hat. That's for sure. <laughs> It's very cute. That's very cute. I, I mean, it's look, the zoo, like a lot of organizations has, have had a tough year as far as fundraising. So if it goes towards the zoo and the baby panda, I'm, I'm in. I didn't even think about the possibly being a kid's thing. I was I was so excited <laughs> to buy it that I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I don't I, I mean, I could see adults wearing it. It just seems like a. I don't know. I can see little kids wearing it, too. <laughs> as you're saying it out loud. National Zoo Panda. It's a panda power play. Limited edition merchandise. I don't think it's a children's hat. Okay. All right. But you know what is interesting, though? Um, They just, with part of this line, they're like, we have a pandemonium mask. (laughs) And I wonder how many places are like, we're ready to release our summer masks. And then it's like, "Mm, mmm, womp, womp. Well, people are still wearing masks. Yeah, but like the, the... Demand is down. I was going to say, like, as a, as a, as not an econ major, but Kelly, I know that you are. <laughs> um, I feel like the yeah, the the exact demand for for said hat or is higher than a demand for a mask these days. Thirty five dollars, jeez! It goes to the pandas. All right, feed animals and save species. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Happy hour, Kelly hasn't spent thirty five dollars <laughs> on some stupid stuff before. Don't don't give me this holier than thou thirty five dollars. I don't know. That seems like a lot, Brad. But I I do love a good playoff. It has if it has a like a I, I didn't see the back of it, but does it have the year of like because I know it's around the Caps being in the playoffs as well. No, on the back of that Smithsonian on it. Oh, okay. Hashtag pandemonium. Although I will tell you, like I I got a lot of hats from every time the Nationals went to the playoffs. You made me get hats every time the Nationals went to the playoffs. I didn't make you do anything. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a joiner and I had crazy FOMO and I wasn't gonna let you get on Instagram with the, with a hat without me. <laughs> Let's just call a spade a spade. And now um I was like cleaning out some like storage stuff in our condo and I'm like I got a lot of hats with a lot of dates on them. And these were all I'm... years that it didn't go so well. So when you have the World Series stuff, you're like, oh well, this other stuff's kind of irrelevant. I hope you didn't get rid of it. It's gonna be like vintage. Oh 20... yeah. I burned it, Kelly. I lit it on fire. <laughs> no, I just didn't know what to do with it, so it's like stuffed in a box. Okay. It will, it, you wear it back to a, a Nats game in a couple of years. You'll be very like, it will show that you the OG, like you've been a fan of the Nats for a long time. Got it. Bumpy okay. roads, beautiful places. Darnie, you made, it, you made it about the Nats. How did you do that? I don't know. Well, let's go back to the Caps. Not even, by, like, you didn't even, you, 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 you incepted me to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't make you do it. Uh, but the Caps are still in the playoffs. They're playing. Uh, they're up in Boston. They're playing tonight. This is, of course, game three. Also happening in Boston, but this was last night. The Wizards did fall to the Celtics. But the way that the NBA playoffs are set, it, they've got one more game. Um, and so they're, they're going to play the Pacers tomorrow night in DC. Um, and that is a, a one game, sort of like a wild card game. And whoever wins that game goes off to play the number one seed. So even if you win that game, you still you got a long way to go. You can still hang out with us. You've just got to face all the cool kids. <laughs> right. Totally. Uh, so that, but that's exciting that that's going to be happening here in DC. And uh, especially now that so much has opened up and the weather is great. It just, like that vibe of downtown by the arena there um, should be picking up. And that's yeah. just, it's exciting. Totally. You know what the Wizards need besides some magic? They need a panda hat. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see if they get to the next, the just next round. These are like one little one-off games. Yeah. Also, I ordered my panda hat on Saturday. TikTok kids, the, 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 the caps could be out of this and I'm going to be sitting without a panda hat. Don't bite your tongue there, Tommy. I'm just saying is all. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, also happening in D.C., and this announcement came down yesterday, the Marine Corps Marathon uh, is coming back in real life. Love they, it. You can uh, mark your calendars for October 31st is going to be the race day. Of course, they have a bunch of events leading up to it that weekend. Um, and what's really cool is that they're still offering a lot of virtual offerings um, as well. So it's going to be a little bit of both, a little bit of hybrid, but we are going to have runners through our streets on October 31st, and super exciting to hear that. Love to see it. A good old Halloween Marine Corps marathon. Should we dress up in costumes? You know, it always, sometimes always it, it hovers around Halloween, right? Yeah. So some people do do that. It seems like a lot of work to run a marathon and be in costume. I got to be honest. We did the 10K um, with some of our Tommy and Kelly show family, and it about killed me. So we, <laughs> we got over to National Landing and then back up onto the freeway, and I was like, oh, we're... Still got a lot of K's to go. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if a costume would sound like a... Yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine being dressed like Frankenstein. It would have like made, <laughs> made the process any easier. But that's really cool. I'm so excited for, for to welcome that DC tradition back. It's great to hear that it's happening. Hey, by the way, speaking of, um, if you uh, don't have plans on Sunday and you would like to go see some baseball where there's a battle of Baltimore and the District of Columbia... Uh, around one o'clock on Sunday, open up the Real Fun DC app. We've got a contest going to to get our tickets to that um, endeavor. How am I doing with keeping things? Generic? You're you're good. I mean, it's happening at Nats Park. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. In the I mean, yeah, and apparently there's a first pitch at one o'clock, one o five, I believe. Oh cool. So yeah, yeah, all you have to do is open up the Real Fun DC app. We're gonna have that open uh, to hopefully give you our pair of tickets until about 11 a.m. on Friday. So just open the app, and there you go. Let us know you want them, and there we will draw someone randomly. Yeah, Battle of the Beltway. Five Dells, leaving that comment. That's what we're talking about, a Battle of the Beltway without using any trademarks. <laughs> just open up the Real Fun DC app. Um, I want to talk about chefs fighting AAPI hate, but before we do, we've got a lot of comments this morning, so I just want to say thank you uh, to Sandra who said, good morning. I want to say thank you to Liz, who says you should watch Hillary Swank in Iron Jawed Angels. It has some issues, but you can learn a lot about the women who got arrested at Lorton, talking about the uh, suffragette memorial. And Sarah Dwyer, my goodness, always the cultured one. When Don Perignon first discovered champagne, he reportedly said, I am drinking 
stars. Ooh, I like that. I, I, I'm going to have to reuse that. Back to wine and spice. And Tony says, have not seen any cicadas in Woodbridge. So thank you. Full, full docket of reporting from our team in the, of experts in the field. And thanks for getting involved and thanks for joining us. So um, plenty of local chefs have gotten together and started an initiative to fight and stop AAPI hate. And yesterday, these chefs were on the Today Show talking about their campaign and the national reach that it's had, which is great. Tomorrow, Thursday, there's a special dinner at Hook Hall in um, upper uh, in on Upper Sixteenth Street, and Hook Hall has been like globally important in helping hospitality industry workers remain fed and giving them supplies throughout this whole pandemic. So it's just like the super friends of helping people getting together. And we talked to Anna Valero of Hook Hall about bringing this event together and also what's going to happen with Hook Hall Helps now that we're seeing the other side of what's going on. Plus, she addresses to the uh, industry worker shortage in the restaurant industry. Lots to get to, but first, her guests tomorrow night, they were on the Singing Today show. So that's pretty awesome. Very awesome. Um, as we like to say at Hook Hall, we have four walls and we get to do what we want within those four walls. Um, and we want to do the most good possible as a community gathering space. And so what's exciting for me is some of the chefs that are coming are chefs who are hyper supportive of Hook Hall Helps when we first started. And so it only seems right that we support them in their initiative that they have with chefs stopping AAPI hate. And so we have a really great event coming up on Thursday night. We have uh, Tim Ma, we have Eric Berner Yang, we have Kevin Tian. We have uh, Lila Wong from uh, Teaism, and so we have an all-star lineup. There will be so much good food. And um, I went to AU, and we have the, I'm excited as an alum to have the AU Center for Anti-Racism um, coming in to moderate a discussion. So what's really important to uh, when Tim and I first started having this discussion about putting together this event was that it wasn't just about the food, but it was about how can we actually create conversation. And so we're going to have a moderated conversation where the chefs are going to have really just intimate fireside chats as their courses come out with uh, the director of the center, Christine Platt. The goal for us is how can we break down the barriers of, of tough conversations in order to make them, you know, really just more palatable and digestible and, you know, bringing that with some good food. And there's not a ton of space left. But you can still get some tickets to help support the initiatives too of Stop AAPI Hate. How do you get those tickets? Just go to our website at hookhall.com. Uh, if you click on the events calendar, you'll be able to see the uh, the Thursday event right there. That's awesome. And Hook Hall Helps, which is what you have been like around the world on and have gotten global attention for helping out people in the hospitality industry who couldn't afford food and, and supplies. What happens to that now that restaurants are starting back to open and you're going to eventually need that space to put patrons in? Like, what's the deal there? <laughs> Well, what we want to do is we know that there's a gap between reopening and when people really get that first paycheck. So we are looking at the timing for how we wind down Hook Hall Helps to correspond with, you know, in June, June 11th is when the rest of the world, you know, you have two different phases of reopening. Everything should be reopened by June 11th. And so what we're really looking at, Tommy, is how can we make sure that we extend through the end of the month to make sure that everyone who starts when those restaurants reopen, when those bars reopen, is able to get a paycheck under their belt before they have to, you know, again, start to think about, you know, we want to make sure people have the means in order to uh, meet their food insecurity. 
So is that the plan too, that hook call helps will be winding down or is it going to just kind of go dormant until somebody puts like the hook call help signal in the sky? Like what's going to happen <laughs> with the future of that? Um, I love that idea of a signal in the sky. Can we please get that giant go-go made? Oh, um, <laughs> put it on the Wilson building. That would be awesome. Uh, you know, we are, we're really thinking about how we continue to evolve. What's important to us is that it was a fund created in order to support workers at a time when they were in need. Workers' needs don't go away just because they suddenly are able to work again. And so how can we, you know, we've been saying industry strong this whole time. How can we continue to help the industry to come back stronger than it was before? And we're looking at different training initiatives that we can put in place in collaboration with the Restaurant Association. How can we be there to continue to support workers as they start to navigate those that new daily life? I have a question on the workers, and I assume you probably have a lot of contact with people who work in the hospitality industry every day. Are you seeing this like work or gap that we're seeing, this, this shortage? Is it because people don't want to go back to work? Is it because people have left the industry? Is it because people are nervous to come back? Where, what, what are you hearing just anecdotally? A mix of all. I mean, a lot of folks, you know, they know different than a lot of the restaurants. They pivoted too. And some of the thing that I love about anyone who works in this industry is that you have skills that can translate anywhere. Knowing how to deal with a drunk patron on a Friday night is a skill that is going to be insanely useful in the boardroom as well. And I've so. <laughs> There's a certain level of diplomacy that hospitality workers learn uh, intuitively just from, you know, serving tables or being behind a bar. And so, you know, I think that there is a lot of, of that transition that happened. Uh, you know, at the same time, it'll be interesting to see what happens as, as more things reopen. And as, you know, we heard yesterday, masks are coming off. And when you take some of the additional layers of stress away from the job itself, how does that transform people's desire and ability to go back into it? And is Hook Hall hiring? Are you looking for people? Do you need people? Oh, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> That's great news. Look at that. <laughs> we are hiring for all positions. That's awesome. And what a great, I mean, you've really walked the walk and led by example. So talk about an organization that is just good to people. Last question before we wrap up. The second gentleman. What's he like? <laughs> He's kind of like this Yeti who has just been like popping up all around DC and uh, he's come to Hook Hall twice, right? He has been to Hook Hall twice. We were, um, we were very honored to have him and the mayor come uh, back in March for uh, International Women's Day and to have a conversation. And then uh, he came back with his crew again, his, his staff, his office staff to celebrate getting through the first hundred days. And so it was such an honor to have him, and he has such a great team um, of folks who support him and who make the magic that we see on Instagram happen. Uh, and so super down to earth, could not say enough good things just about, you know, it's, as I, as I joke with a friend, you know, it's like getting to hang out with your, like, friend's dad. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to have a drink together and good conversation and, you know, hear about what's going on at the you know, the office for him is also, you know, Georgetown. So, you know, he hearing about him dealing with students and explaining things. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of entertainment law behind a lot of what we do. And so it's been, you know, riveting conversation about force majeure that probably 
he and I are one of the few folks that would actually be interested in. Force majeure, something we all learned about the last year. (laughs) And became armchair epidemiologists and armchair electioneers. We all learned a lot about a lot of things that we didn't think we needed to learn about over the last year. I mean, we're also meteorologists in the hospitality industry now too, Tommy. (laughs) 100%. Astrologists, all of the things. Therapists, Anna Valero from Hook Hall. Thanks for joining us. Good luck with the event on Thursday. And I can't wait to uh, see you again in person really soon. Coming up soon. Come to the Oasis. Big thanks to Anna for joining us. Thank you for joining us too. If you want to catch up with any of our past episodes, how could you not? Just search (laughs) Tommy and Kelly anywhere you get your podcasts. That was fun. That was a great interview. And I, you know what? Restaurants, man, they have, they have seen it all and they're still, still struggling. So I, I just love what she's done and, and, uh, you know, it's just a reminder to support these awesome entrepreneurs. Absolutely. You can catch up with any of our past shows too at realfundc.com. You can sign up for our mailing list there too. We've got a mailing list, gosh darn it, and open up the Real Fun DC app before Friday at 11 a.m. for your chance to grab those baseball tickets. Have an awesome day, Cal. We'll see you next time.